let's have our guest introduce themselves and we'll get this started. Yeah, my name is Garrison. I'm the VP of Marketing at Ava Labs, the team behind the Avalanche blockchain, which is one of one of the largest blockchains out there today. Really robust ecosystem. Prior to this, I was working on Web3 games, did ad tech at Facebook, which is now Meta. Brief stint at a consumer tech health tech company called Incredible Health that just hit unicorn status. But I've been around like growth marketing product and Web3 for quite a while now. Have you been in marketing for your whole career or how's that? No, not, yeah. not even remotely, actually. Yeah, I, I wow. started my career in chemical engineering and environmental engineering. I worked on like, battery chemistry and battery chemistry, renewable batteries, renewable energy for a company called GDF Suez. They dug the Suez Canal, which is like their claim to fame, right? They're the largest mm -hmm. power producer in the world. Um, they power a bunch of infrastructure stuff in France, telco, like railways, that sort of thing. Did that for a while, ended up doing like creative, social commerce, branding for a company called Monotype. And then I ended up at Meta and like really jumped into like consumer tech, ad tech. Gotcha. So what was your, let's ease into it. What was your start into Web3? Did you purchase Bitcoin 10 years ago or <laughs> tell me about that? Hey, you know, I did buy Bitcoin a long time ago. This was, this is a throwback, but and I'll, I'll date myself here, but I used to play competitive counter-strike and a lot of the guys <laughs> nice. that i played with were nice. big into coin mining i had no idea what it was i did it for a while back then we were all like building our own pcs right did it for a while didn't like how it was burning out my equipment and then lost the hard drive or something like i'm one of those guys i don't know how much i had on it but i'm one of those guys and then you like see the news articles popping up and it, you're like oh shit this happened and so you go back and you start researching more about the space and i like loosely kept an eye on it as like an investment truthfully. And it wasn't until the last three years that I really started having an appreciation for like real world applications, like beyond just being a store of value, but like being a transaction layer, settlement layer, a way to have zero proof verification, like all these different use cases that blockchain could be really fantastic for. What kind of drew you into continuing working for other companies that have a Web3 footing? Yeah, there's a couple of reasons why. I'd say, like, at a really broad level, it's because Web3 reminds me of the internet, reminds mm -hmm. me of mobile, it reminds me of e-commerce, it reminds me of cloud. I think varying, I think companies of varying value and success will be built in the Web3 space, but you have this, like, fundamental shift in technology and understanding in consumer use cases. And there's just too much value to be captured here to ignore it, right? If you could be one of the first companies that was building cloud services, even if you were likely going to fail, you would still do it, right? If you could be Yahoo, you would still be Yahoo. Like they ultimately right. ended up not being the biggest player in the world, but defined an early era of the internet, right? Same for MySpace, et cetera. And like a lot of the people that were involved in these companies that ultimately weren't successful long-term, they, these people went on to build the next generation of successful companies, right? Mm -hmm. Google from Yahoo, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that's really important. I think a lot of people look at the most successful internet companies of today, PayPal, Facebook, et cetera, right? And they think that those builders and founders came out of nothing. They were part of sinking ships in 2000, 2001, right? Like they had that experience beforehand. And so <clears throat> for me, 
it was again like I don't think that every initial venture in Web three is going to be successful. Successful, but you got to start somewhere. So that's why I wanted to jump in. The second is because doing something Web three is so nascent that you can bring a traditional skill set to Web three, and it's ten times more valuable. And that's super true for marketing. And I'll use the example of social media marketers. I could not name a role in traditional marketing that is more saturated and I don't want to say less valuable because it is really valuable, but just maybe conflated in value for, especially for a lot of operators as social media marketing, right? You're varying degrees of like capability in social media marketing, but you go to something like web three where community is extremely important and almost all the marketing is organic social because of regulatory, because of ad policy and restrictions. You could be a social media manager and command two or three times the salary, forget about the salary, you can command two or three times the impact. Like as a role and as a function, you're just more important. And I think that not enough people, especially in non-technical roles, are really thinking about this, right? Like if you're in product marketing, especially technical product marketing, Web3 is an incredible place to be because you're taking extremely complex and technical concepts and you're boiling it down into something that consumers and non-crypto natives can understand. Would you rather do that or would you rather go and work for another like email software company or another makeup brand that is selling stuff? It's just awesome opportunity to like flex your skill set in a way where you're really going to move the needle. And sure, it feels like risky or messy or undeveloped, but that's one of the best places to be, right? Because you can really punch above your weight. So that's the other reason why I joined as well. I don't have any facts to back this up. So it's just my personal opinion. I feel like people think of Web3 marketers as maybe doing some witchcraft. Just they don't really know what to attach it to. I think with traditional marketers that like PayPal, I think they understand that. So could you explain what it is you do on a week to week basis so that people can understand it? Yeah. So I'm in charge of like growth strategy, right? And growth strategy is this like awesome blend of product marketing, of consumer marketing, of B2B marketing, of social community building. At the end of the day, what Web3 marketing is, is deploying messages across a variety of channels like where you can market today. And to help people understand the value of what you're building. And it's not terribly unlike traditional marketing. In fact, it's very similar. It's just that the crypto ecosystem has a couple, there's a few nuances that make it unique, right? So when people ask me like, what is Web3 marketing? I say, it's just normal marketing. It's just that the topic and the things that we're doing are a little bit different. For example, you can't advertise in the same way that you could because of securities regulations, because a lot of the ad platforms have not caught up on ad policy for our space. And so is there less of a reliance on paid media? Absolutely. You also have this like inherent lack of understanding or stigma with the industry. And so that's something that as marketers, like we constantly need to work around, right? That does not exist for a lot of other industries. And then you have this really like heavy technical jargon. And so that's another thing, right? But that exists in other industries as well. For people who are marketing like operating systems, for example, right? If you're like some of the first product marketers or brand marketers at Microsoft or in Intel or something like that, right? It's got like really similar connections. It's this idea that a lot of what, especially for me, right? Working at a layer one, it's really less about marketing in a way for users to understand your product. It's more of marketing in a way that helps users understand how this thing is going to benefit them and how products that build on top of Avalanche 
are going to benefit them, right? So you, you look at Intel commercials, for example, right? Like we've all seen the Intel commercials are all over the place. Um, most consumers are not going out and buying like Intel processors, right? That's not something we do, but the, but Intel puts a lot of money into marketing because it, when you see Intel in the old MacBooks or when you see Intel in a Dell or HP computer, they want you to associate that second party or that third party product with the value that Intel has promised to provide. And that's a lot of what we do, right? Like most people, you can buy Avalanche, right? You can buy the token, you can buy AVAX, but most consumers are not really in their own product or extracting direct value out of Avalanche. And instead, they're interacting with decentralized apps, right? Interacting with other projects and products that are built on Avalanche. And we want users to understand the value of that and to prefer products that have built on top of Avalanche, right? And so it's a sort of like indirect, direct marketing that we're doing. And so let's go back to your answer for that question. You said that paid media really isn't a thing in Web3 marketing. Do you like that? Do you not like that? What are the workarounds with organic traction? Like you can run a lot of traditional companies, especially consumer companies, like they might be 60, 70, 80% paid media. And it's just not the case for crypto. And I do like that. I like that not because it's easier, but because it creates a lot of opportunity, right? Like I mentioned at the top, like social media managers, organic marketers, like aren't the flavor of the month, but in web three, they are. And you have like, you have this entire class of marketers who are expert brand marketers, expert community managers, expert copywriters, expert social media marketers from an organic perspective. And all of a sudden there's an entire industry with a lot of money that's demanding their skill set. And I love that. I think it creates an entirely new playing field. I think it also creates for opportunities for other products to exist in both web two and web three, right? Organic marketing has an attribution problem. Brand marketing has an attribution problem <clears throat> and web two has never had to solve for that, right? Because you could just go to paid. You want better attribution, just run paid marketing. We don't have that option in web three. And so it's also breeding a lot of innovation where people are trying to create products and services and workarounds to understand how you can associate organic marketing outcomes with this new type of marketing. And I think that's really cool. And so it's this like really awesome thing where Web3 is not only pushing innovation and changing the game for in, in like a direct way, but it's also having a lot of this like indirect impact on the way that people value certain skill sets and value certain tools. Interesting. And I wonder if, have you seen that in your transition into Web3 that, that it's about the merit of the creative versus it it seems like in web 2 and I'm not a marketer so correct me if I'm wrong here but it seems like some of that is based on okay if you have a million followers you'll get some traction but in this environment it seems like it's very much based on the creative or um maybe the copy could you talk about that is web 3 a little bit more based on merit rather than web 2 So I would say, I'm going to give you a non-answer. Yes and no. Many areas of Web3 have the quality of, um, I guess, lack of history. And so it's this new, exciting, shiny thing that moves really quickly. And there's a lot of value to be captured if you can understand something. 
the vast majority of people don't understand it. it don't, or they understand it at varying degrees. And it moves so fast that if you understand it today, you might not understand it tomorrow. Projects, all these ecosystems, like changing regulation, right? It's super difficult, right? So what you have is imagine, imagine a situation where it's like a global scavenger hunt and you've got like a few people who really deeply understand it, but everyone's like chasing this thing. What does the average person do? You just go and chase wherever your trusted influencers or trust, trusted talking heads go and chase, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why the industry seems to feel this way is because you've got this like really accessible thing that has a lot of value and the potential to create a lot of value. So a lot of people have incentive to chase it, but because it's so accessible, anyone can chase it because no one understands, or a lot of people don't understand it deeply, they curate their learning by following others. And so you've got this like clout influence based industry that's really important. Simultaneously, you've got really complex projects and products that are doing a fantastic job distilling what they do for the average person. And when a product or project can do that, you no longer need to get your information or you no longer need to have your decision be heavily based on off someone else's decision. Right. And so the industry is like constantly shifting in between this, which is, hey, should we try to disseminate our message through an influencer? And we don't really care if the person doesn't get it right as long as they take the action. Or do we really want to focus on going directly to the long tail consumer and focus on distilling our message and creative into something that they understand or can appreciate? And you see this at like different scales, right? Some people buy NFTs because they're nostalgic. And so that's why you see a lot of like anime, Pokemon looking stuff, because it, it just rings true for our generation, right? You've got a lot of projects that invest in influencers because they don't have a really great idea of why this thing is valuable. But look, if these five guys are buying it or if these five guys are participating, maybe I should participate, right? All these different strategies. And I think there's like no one right way to do it, but we'll continue to see this space evolve and the consumers are getting smarter, right? And so as the consumers get smarter, certain things won't work as well. I wonder what's the biggest challenge in your position, because I would assume you have some sphere of influence in your job. And I would imagine Ava Labs is pretty robust. So you have people that are really technical, that know the ins and outs, and then they bring it to you and are like, okay, now market that to people. So. What's the biggest challenge of that and maybe the biggest opportunity as well as you see it? Yeah, the biggest challenge is remembering that the always crypto audience, right? Like the people who are here for crypto, came from crypto or crypto native and are staying no matter what, like that group of people is actually really small, right? That's, mm -hmm. like, that's the minority. And this idea that you can figure out the messaging that resonates the most with like crypto native and high crypto affinity audiences is the way to go is, is like we, we do need to do that because we want these crypto native people to use our ecosystem and think of our ecosystem as number one. But there you have this like extreme long tail of people who are in and out of crypto, who understand like niches of crypto and web three, people who completely don't interact with it, right? People who not only don't interact with it, but have bad or negative sentiment toward towards web three. Mm -hmm. And we have to talk to all of those people. Right. So the nice thing is the winners today, right. Or the people, you know, when you feel, if you're a project or you're developing and you feel like you're not winning today because people have come before you, don't worry about it. 
because they're winning in like this tiny little pie, right? So there's immense opportunity. And for me, like that's also exciting because it means what we do today is important, but what we do tomorrow, next year, the year after that is even more important because we're still like 1% captured, right? For the entire audience. And it just means there's so much upside. Like we, we, all the mistakes that we're making now, like we will not remember later, right? So we just have to, we have to figure out how to survive, how to work around some of the cycles that we go through and stay really laser focused on this like broader opportunity that exists in the market. Um, we've got to wrap it up here in a minute, but where do you see, let's cap it at December 31st of 2023. Where do you see the crypto market going blockchain? If you want to, where, what do you hope to see in the next year? Yeah, so I, I won't comment like on, on the markets just from like an investment perspective. Yep. But what I see happening next year is a lot more filling in the holes in our industry. So we're going to see things like HR, recruitment, personnel management, which is not something that is like a crypto project, crypto industry native skill. It's going to be about more valued, right? We're going to continue to see like really high powered, high caliber Web2 traditional talent, traditional tech talent move into Web3. We're going to see a lot of, I think, projects and companies fold, unfortunately, right? Like we're going to see a lot of people realize that not everything instantly becomes viable as a business just because it's Web3. And that's important. Like we need to learn, right? Just not everything is viable if you add the internet to it. There's plenty of things that work well without it. Right, we're going to understand how Web3 fits and to what degree it fits into various industries and com various companies and various products and business types. And I also think we're going to see a really big emphasis on a different set of companies that are using blockchain, but are not hyper-focused on tokens and NFTs. We're going to see whether that's a consumer product or whether that's just the rise of this like Web 2.5 or even just like a Web3 service layer. We're going to see a lot more of the pick and shovels kind of stuff that isn't like super sexy. It doesn't pick up headlines, might be really complex technically and might not be something that users ever interface with as a normal person, but add a lot of value into the ecosystem. Garrison, thanks for coming on. Do you have a place that you want people to connect with you? And if so, could you say that so people can connect with you after they hear this episode? Totally. Twitter is the place to be. You can find me. I am. Zero X Hushky, that's H U S H K Y. Pin me on Twitter, DMs are open. I'm also pretty active on LinkedIn. People have questions or want to reach out just to chat, let me know. Great. Thanks for coming on, Garrison. I really appreciate it. Totally. It's a good chat.